What? I was waiting for the little recording, and then it didn't happen right away, so I started talking, and then the recording interrupted me. It was very rude of the little recording. And to which Damon is referring, when we start recording our, our podcast here, uh, there's now a new voice that comes on and lets us know that the meeting is being recorded. You don't hear that as our loyal listeners, uh, but we hear it, and it's uh, still making us chuckle. It's been a month now, though, that it's been doing it. I mean, it's not new anymore. I know, but I had anticipated it this time. And so like, I had paused to wait. And but there then was it, was, it was delayed. There and was so a delay. I, I thought, oh, maybe it does, Maybe they don't do that anymore. Maybe they maybe, got complaints. You know, what we need to do, we need to record that voice saying that so we can play it for our listeners so they know what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe we can just make a version of it. Yeah. Could you get Hannah to speak in a very computerized voice? Because it's a a woman's voice, but it's like a computerized woman's voice that comes Mm -hmm. on and says, this meeting is being recorded. Get Hannah to do that. Okay, will do. Uh, So this, uh, for those who don't, haven't been able to discern just yet what this is, um, this is the Monday check-in. And so I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman. I'm one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. And the Monday check-in is a thing we do most every Monday. Sometimes it's Tuesday or Thursday or Wednesday. Um, re- almost never on Friday, I would say. Though, in retrospect, we probably shouldn't have named it the Monday check-in. We <laughs> could have called it the weekly check-in. Then we wouldn't have been so, you know. But now everyone's invested. It's a thing. Yeah, we've developed a strong brand <laughs> recognition. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Monday check-in. Yes. So just deal with it, I guess. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of a preview of the scripture and the kind of the themes that we're going to perhaps talk about on the upcoming Sunday. And we'll have a little bit of a dialogue. We'll chat a little, little scripture study. And then after that, we switch gears and we share a little bit about life of First Pres, what's going on, what folks um, may want to be aware of. So um Anything that I missed on that, or is it time for the opening prayer? Let's uh, let's pray. Go ahead, Damon. All right. Loving and gracious God, as we gather together in this way, as we spend time contemplating your word and what it might mean for our lives, um, help us to be open. Help us to be open to questions. Help us to be open to uh, new perspectives. Help us to be open to uh, wrestling, if, if that is called for. Um, I ask that your spirit might be with us, that our eyes and our hearts might be opened once more to the glories of your word and truth. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we are, uh, on Sunday mornings, we are in the midst of a, a sermon series based on children's literature. And this will be the, uh, this upcoming Sunday will be the fourth uh, Sunday in that series of sermons. And for this upcoming Sunday, we are going to be using a story that's called The Three Questions. Uh, it's written and illustrated by John J. Muth, which you can kind of just barely see in the screen there. Uh, but it's based on a, on, a, on a story by Leo Tolstoy. Um, so if you're a big Tolstoy aficionado. Uh, Maybe this story will be familiar (laughs) to you. 
Um, and this is also this Sunday is going to be Go and Serve Sunday. And um, so I had this book with us when we were in Biloxi, Mississippi, and shared it with our, our traveling group there and really kind of used it as, as kind of the focal point for our for our devotions during the week and for our conversations. So, um, so we're going to have some students sort of reflecting on, on this book and on the scripture and um, all sorts of good stuff on Sunday morning. So uh, this is the three questions written and illustrated by John J. Muth based on a story by Leo Tolstoy and published by Scholastic Press. And it reads something like this. There once was a boy named Nikolai, who sometimes felt uncertain about the right way to act. I want to be a good person, he told his friends, but I don't always know the best way to do that. Nikolai's friends understood and they wanted to help him. If only I could find the answer to my three questions, Nikolai continued, then I would always know what to do. When is the best time to do things? Who is the most important one? And what is the right thing to do? Nikolai's friends considered his first question. Then Sonia, the heron, spoke. To know the best time to do things, one must plan in advance, she said. Gogol, the monkey, who had been rooting through some leaves to find something good to eat, said, you will know when to do things if you watch and pay close attention. Then Pushkin, the dog, who was just dozing off, rolled over and said, you can't pay attention to everything yourself. You need a pack to keep watch and help you decide when to do things. For example, Gogol. A coconut is about to fall on your head. Nikolai thought for a moment. Then he asked his second question. Who is the most important one? Those who are closest to heaven, said Sonia, circling up into the sky. Those who know how to heal the sick, said Google, stroking his bruised dog. Those who make the rules, growled Pushkin. Nikolai thought some more. Then he asked the third question. What is the right thing to do? Flying, said Sonia. Having fun all the time, laughed Gogol. Fighting, barked Pushkin right away. Then the boy thought for a long while. He loved his friends. He knew they were all trying their best to help him answer his questions, but their answers didn't seem quite right. Then an idea came to him. I know, he thought. I will ask Leo the turtle. He has lived a very long time. Surely he will know the answers I am looking for. Nikolai hiked high up into the mountains where the old turtle lived all alone. When Nikolai arrived, he found Leo digging a garden. The turtle was old and digging was hard for him. I have three questions and I came to ask your help, Nikolai said. When is the best time to do things? Who is the most important one? What is the right thing to do? Leo listened carefully, but he only smiled. Then he went on with his digging. You must be tired, Nikolai said at last. Let me help you. The turtle gave him a shovel, gave him his shovel, and thanked him. And because it was easier for a young boy to dig than it was for an old turtle, Nikolai kept on digging until the rows were finished. But just as he finished, the wind blew wildly and rain burst from darkened clouds. As they moved towards the cottage for shelter, Nikolai suddenly heard a cry for help. Running down the path, he found a panda whose leg had been injured by a fallen tree. Carefully, Nikolai carried her into Leo's house and made a splint for her leg with a stick of bamboo. 
The storm raged on, banging at the doors and windows. The panda woke up. Where am I? She said. And where is my child? The boy ran out of the cottage and down the path. The roar of the storm was deafening, pushing against the howling wind and drenching rain. He ran farther into the forest. There he found the panda's child, cold and shivering on the ground. The little panda was wet and scared, but alive. Nikolai carried her inside and made her warm and dry. Then he laid her in her mother's arms. Leo smiled when he saw what the boy had done. The next morning, the sun was warm. Birds sang and all was well with the world. The panda's leg was healing nicely and she thanked Nikolai for saving her and her baby from the storm. At that moment, Sonia, Gogol, and Pushkin arrived to make sure everyone was all right. Nikolai felt great peace within himself. He had wonderful friends and he had saved the panda and her child, but he also felt disappointed. He still had not found the answers to his three questions. So he asked Leo one more time. The old turtle looked at the boy, but your questions have been answered, he said. They have? asked the boy. Yesterday, if you had not stayed to help me dig my garden, you wouldn't have heard the panda's cries for help in the storm. Therefore, the most important time was the time you spent digging in the garden. The most important one at that moment was me, and the most important thing to do was to help me with my garden. Later, when you found the injured panda, the most important time was the time you spent mending her leg and saving her child. The most important ones were the panda and her baby. And the most important thing to do was to take care of them and make them safe. Remember then that there is only one important time, and that time is now. The most important one is always the one you are with. And the most important thing is to do good for the one who is standing at your side. For these, my dear boy, are the answers to what is most important in this world. This is why we are here. And that's how that story ends. Great story and uh, the scripture that we've decided to pair this with. And I need to give a shout out to our parish associate, Kylie, uh, who read this book and made uh, suggestions for Damon and I on what scriptures might pair with which books. Uh, we have not used Kylie's suggestions for the last two weeks. And as of right now, we're using Kylie's suggestion for this week, but uh, Damon might switch it up. We just don't know. Uh, oh, this one's going to stay. <laughs> this one's going to stick. This, this one fits really well. So we're going to read from the Gospel of Luke at chapter 13. And uh, so listen for how you might see parallels between the story and uh, this, this passage about Jesus' ministry. And it reads like this. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her immediately, she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, 
There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it works well. Um, it, and so, I mean, we we had we read this scripture during the go and serve trip. We read this uh, little story. I did kind of a mean thing actually to our students. So I um, I read like the first half of the story one night. And then I stopped. <laughs> um, so I, I read up to like uh, Nikolai finds the panda and brings the mother to the house. And then the mother asks, uh, where is my child? And then I stopped there. Oh, Damon. That was <laughs> a mean thing to do. It was you left those mean. kids on a cliffhanger for an entire day, not knowing whether the baby panda was going to be saved. Yeah, it was actually like two or three days. Um, oh, Damon. <laughs> that I did it, but because um, there was, um, I had reasons for it. I told them, I said, uh, this is a children's book, so you maybe shouldn't worry too much about what has become of the... No of the, actual baby pandas <laughs> were harmed in the making of this book. Of the baby Nor panda. in its reading. <laughs> But like I, I also, and I did that like maybe towards closer to the start of the week, because I also knew that we were going to encounter, we were going to encounter people who were living in pain, right? Um, who were living through hardship and difficulty, folks who were homeless, folks who were hungry, um, folks who didn't have access to adequate medical care and other sorts of things. Um, and, and I knew that um, we weren't really going to be able to solve those issues for people. Um, we'd be able to meet them where they were. We would be able to journey with them. We would be able to help provide a meal to them in the moment or help to do their laundry in the moment or uh, sit and play a game of Uno with them to, you know, to spend time and hang out um, and that sort of thing. And so there was something about pausing the story in that moment that I felt would sort of help us to be open to sitting with people in their pain um, for, for the time being. And um, so we did that. <laughs> it's a kind of a, a kind of a mean thing. But one of the things that I really like about this story and about the scripture passions and pairing the two together is this emphasis that it that it gives to being present um, and like to being present to one another and that was the thing that we talked about a lot um, being present you know when it was just us hanging out in our group like let's really be present to one another in our group um, when we go to the work site or when we're 
at the food pantry or wherever, then like, let's really be present to the guests that come uh, and to the staff and other volunteers that are there like this. I think we spend a lot of our time um, trying to be somewhere else, um, either emotionally or uh, physically. Um, and so I, I like that call to be, to be present. Like the, the most important one is, is whoever you're with right now. That's, that's the most important one. And the most important time is, is now because that's really the only time that you have. Um, and so to be willing to embrace those is a, a challenge, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this got me thinking, uh, so both Damon and I, and part of our training as pastors had to, uh, serve as hospital chaplains, uh, for, uh, 10 weeks. And I thought what a useful thing this book would have been, uh, as a training, as, as part of a hospital chaplain, uh, because it does, it, it, the most important moment is now and the most important person is the one you're with. And that, that's a key, I think, for, we call it pastoral presence, right? But, um, but it's beyond just being a pastor. I think any follower of Christ and, and Jesus demonstrates this over and over and over again, right? There may be wild and crazy things going on around him, but Jesus is fully present with the person who is right in front of him at that moment, as we see in this passage in Luke right? There he is teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath, right? Being looked up to as this great teacher and this crippled woman walks in and Jesus pivots. It would be as if I was in the middle of preaching a sermon and somebody walked into the church and, and, and needed me and I could do something for them. And I just stopped my sermon, stepped down from the pulpit, walked over and was fully present to that one person at that one moment. That's, that's kind of what's set up in this story. And Jesus models for us what that kind of presence can do for a person. Um, now, I don't have the power to heal in the same way that Jesus did. And as a hospital chaplain, I didn't have the power to heal either. I wasn't a doctor. Um, but, you know, the, this, this idea of, of being fully present in the moment with the people you're with goes well beyond just being a pastor. Uh, and Jesus models that for us. And yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I think also, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, no. But I think also, like, in addition to the presence, there's um, like a willingness, a willingness to see others. Uh, and in particular, a willingness to see the pain of others uh, and, and a willingness to move into that space. Um, the, everybody else, they knew that she was there, right? They knew that the woman was there. And, um, but Jesus very intentionally moves into that space, right? And, and to move into it, like, you have to be willing to look at the pain, right? And at the suffering that she is dealing with and going through, uh, which is not, it's not fun. Um, it's, it's not a pleasant thing. It makes us feel uncomfortable, uh, it, especially since like, I don't know how to fix this. <laughs> um, and but I'll, like, she knows that I don't know how to fix it. So like, that's not a problem really, you know, I, um, but to be willing to, to look upon to see the suffering of others um, is a big part of that presence, right? Um, 
And one of the things I think is interesting about Nikolai in the book is that there's there's not a hint of judgment anywhere in that in that book. Like there's no why were you out in the storm? Like didn't you see the storm coming? Why didn't you provide better shelter for your child? Like didn't why and like there's no there's none of that. It's just oh, there's a panda. That panda needs help. Uh, I'm going to go and help that panda. Um, and that was, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, starting with the turtle, though, right? He shows up in the turtle. Old turtle is out digging in the garden. And I just love that. He, I mean, I just picture he, he kind of looks at him, walks over and offers to take the shovel from him and dig while he's asking the questions. He's fully entering into Turtle's context and recognizing uh, how he might be able to come alongside Turtle at that moment. And then he does the same thing with the panda. And it, yeah, there's the, it's it's beautiful story. And it's so close to what Jesus was doing right here in, in the Gospel of Luke. And not just at this moment in the Gospel of Luke, right? Jesus' entire ministry was about being fully present with the people, you know, he's walking in the midst of throngs of crowds and a woman reaches out and touches the hem of his cloak and he ignores all the crowds around him that are sort of like rock star statusing him and he turns to to love this hemorrhaging woman who touched the hem of his cloak right and over and over and over again jesus teaches us about the importance of being fully present with the people you're with um yeah, yeah also it reminds me of the uh, let the children come to me um, kind of a story as well. It reminds me, I, I forget which gospel it's in, but um, there's a story where someone says to Jesus, um, if you choose, you can see, I think he says, see me. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a John thing, right? Um, which I've always felt that that really directly hits on this, like, that Jesus chooses to see these things um, and Jesus chooses to move into these sorts of spaces uh, and, and interactions. And so, um, yeah. And to recognize the, to recognize that, that the dignity of the woman sort of trumps the tradition of the, of the space and of the time. Which of course reflects on, uh, what you preached on yesterday mm -hmm. you know it's that, yeah. that notion of overcoming the tradition in order to live into the law of love more 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 clearly right mm -hmm. um yeah it's funny how these are all starting to weave together like the character of the old turtle being the wise one that's where we yeah. started the children's sermon series with uh uh with don kennedy preaching a book called old turtle and this wise old turtle was the one dropping wisdom uh, on the world and it's, it's 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 and then and then the connections between this and what you preached yesterday yesterday with the zacks and um yeah it's good stuff yeah so i'm 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 gonna do uh um, a kind of a minimal amount of preaching on sunday morning i'll i'll offer a little bit more of a reflection probably at the 9 30 service than i will at the 10 30 service is uh, that's where the go and serve uh, participants are really going to play a, a big role in that, but so I'm curious to I'm 
curious to hear their reflections um, now being sort of a week out from the experience, uh, if they've had a little bit more time to sit and, and think through things. And so, yeah, I'm curious to hear what they, what they have to share on Sunday morning, but something is going to preach. I know that much. I have no doubt. And I actually think hearing um, the experiences of our youth on their go and serve trip uh, tied in with this story and this passage is going to be pretty powerful. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah, <laughs> it should be good. So uh, anything else or should we switch gears? Let's uh, let's talk about what's going on in the life of the church. Okay. So we're, uh, we've got three options every Sunday morning for worship. Uh, one of them is an outdoor worship service in Alexander Park at 9.30 a.m. Alexander Park is the park that's just uh, just north of our church on the northwest corner of 7th and Lincoln. Um, at that service, uh, we don't have live music, but uh, our amazing musician goes in and pre-records the music for us. And uh, so that service is mask optional. Uh, bring your chair if you can. If not, we'll, we've got 24 chairs that we've got over there that are available. Um, and we're singing hymns at that one. And it's an abbreviated liturgy. So the service runs about, in fact, it runs exactly 45 minutes. And we know that because the bells start chiming in the bell tower to call people to the 1030 service, right? As we're wrapping up the 930 service. So uh, at 1015, uh, we may need to talk to Tony about moving those bells to 1020, but we'll, uh, we'll figure that out. Um, so that's the 930 service. And then we have our traditional 1030 service in the sanctuary. We are still requiring face masks and social distancing at that service. And then also that service is the one that we broadcast live uh, on both Facebook live as well as on the radio. So three ways to join us, 930 in person in the park, 1030 in person in the sanctuary or 1030 via Facebook live or the radio. Um, and we're continuing this amazing uh, series on children's books, which is going really well. Uh, we've got uh, after, we've got three more weeks of that, and then we will transition into our summer sermon song series, uh, where we will be taking secular songs and preaching on those. Uh, I think we still have one or two more slots available for some secular songs. So if you have a song that you think would make a great sermon, or a song that you want to challenge Damon and I to do a sermon on, get it to us. Uh, if it doesn't make it into the rotation on a Sunday morning, we might end up doing a separate podcast about it. Uh, but we would look forward to doing that. This is, um, it's a fun season. I, I don't want to speak for Damon, uh, but it's a fun season for me. Uh, normally during the school year, we preach on the lectionary, which is great because it uh, encourages us to preach on texts that we may not normally pick. And uh, we know that we're, we're, we're reflecting on the same text that Christians around the world are reflecting on. Um, and then in the summertime, we go off lectionary and we do these uh, series which uh, allow Damon and I to think a little differently about how to prepare a sermon. Um, and it's, it's fun for us. I think it's fun for the congregation, but more than fun, it's also, I think, deeply meaningful and allows us to, to connect uh, with the world around us in ways that, uh, that just make for, I think, good, good discipleship. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so two things that I just want to, that I'd like to add, um, we talked about it a little bit, but this coming Sunday is Go and Serve Sunday, and our students will be sharing their um, testimonies, their interpretations, their experiences, reflections. reflections uh, from the is a scary word for Presbyterians, Damon. <laughs> <laughs> but we've provided synonyms, so it'll be okay. Um, 
so that'll be at the 1030 service. So uh, so if you are interested in hearing about uh, what happened and what folks learned and experienced, uh, I really encourage you to, to come to the 1030 service in the sanctuary or to watch it uh, or listen to it uh, online or via the radio. And for folks who contributed, supported the trip financially through the stock sale fundraiser, the plan is to have a shrimp boil uh, following the 1030 service uh, in somewhere outside. I'm not entirely sure if uh, we'll set up in the little playground area or if we'll set up still over at Alexander Park just to get some shade for us. Um, but so that'll be after the 1030 service. So. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention is actually about the children's literature series and folks may or may not be aware of this, like not only is this um, providing sort of some uh, fodder is maybe a little bit too light of a word for our worship services, but also like um, we have purchased copies of each of these books um, and the family and we give uh, a copy of at least one of the books to all of the uh, families in the church with with young children. So, um, and then they can add that to their library. They, you know, that's a book that they can read and they can talk about the important lessons and morals from this story or from the scripture passage as well that we used that we connected to that story. So, so it's not just a Sunday morning thing. It's also a it's a congregational outreach thing. It's a ministry to, to our young families. It's a way of supporting them and um, encouraging the sort of continued faith development um, of, of, our, of our youth, I suppose. So, which I think is a really, really beautiful thing. It is. And we did that last summer when we were under COVID lockdown. And so Steph Brader, our director of Christian education, was able to actually physically visit every family and stand on their front porch and deliver the book and at least touch base with them. And uh, she's going to do that again this summer. Obviously, we're not on COVID lockdown, but a chance just to touch base with our, our families with school age children. So it's 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 a great thing. It's a great yeah. thing. Yeah, it's really nice. So that's it. That's all I got. I think that's all I got, too. Um, so should I close this with a word of prayer? It seems like that's the traditional thing to do. So, fair enough. Let's uh, <laughs> let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we reflected on three questions today, and we we have a lot more than just three. Uh, we come to you with all of our questions, and you provide us answers. Uh, but you also encourage us to seek out those answers in the same way that the turtle encouraged the boy in the three questions to seek out answers. And so God, in the week to come, we, we ask that you touch our minds and touch our hearts and help us be asking the right questions and then uh, seeking to align our lives with the call that you have placed upon them to, uh, to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with you, um, and to above, above all, Lord, to, to live your law of love in the world. So bless and guide this sermon series. Bless, continue to bless and guide the work of First Presbyterian Church, that we may continue to shine your love and your light into this world. We ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.